I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> hey, Taylor. Hey, Mel. <laughs> so I uh, just wanted to ask you a question. Yeah. I'm going to keep drawing this out. Uh, <laughs> mm. What do you call a dog with a Rolex? What? A, a watchdog? A watchdog. No, yeah, I got it. Hello. Hello. That's it. Yeah, welcome back. Thanks Hello. for tuning in. I'm Taylor. I'm Mel. Yeah. This is the Floof and Papa podcast. Yeah. Where we talk about dogs and things. Yeah. Mainly dogs, though. Yep. Sometimes pizza like in the last episode that was good that was great now i want pizza you just had pizza a week ago oh yeah <laughs> yes yes a well, week you, ago. you couldn't go a whole week without pizza what the hell hardly no <laughs> no no way jose it is the lifeblood of a 20 something year old Mm, think, ASMR. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I have a story today. Okay. I'd like to put out uh, some, some listener discretion. <gasps> yeah, because a, a happy pre-Halloween, if yeah, you're listening to this so at the time of release. I think it's the day before Halloween. Yeah. Uh, should be on this release. So a um, bit of listener discretion. Um, this this story may not be suitable for all listeners or uh, especially children. We talked a little bit of discussion about human remains, stuff like that. Um, so just... Maybe skip forward if that's not your jam. Uh, but it's a fictional story, actually. I've oh, good. I went onto the uh, No Sleep subreddit, which, Ooh. if you don't know, is just fictional scary stories. Uh, and I just searched dogs. Brilliant. So this was the the top story. Good thinking. Spoopy dog no sleep Spoopy. story. Here we so go. The title is I Train Human Remain. I Train... <sighs> Butchered it already. <laughs> I train human remains detection dogs. I can't work in the field anymore. Oh, okay. Uh, and this is in first person, but obviously it's not me because I don't do this. <laughs> I train dogs for canine search and rescue and specialize in human remains detection dogs. We work crime scenes for jurisdictions where the police departments don't have search dogs, disaster sites for cadaver recovery and wilderness area search. I had a team of three cadaver recovery dogs and worked with a partner who handled a team of two live detection dogs. He worked with a search team looking for survivors or tracks and I followed in a sweeping pattern behind him looking for human remains that their team passed over since live detection dogs are trained to not cue on human remains. That way they can prioritize locating survivors in a disaster rather than wasting time uh, digging up a corpse. That's his job. Right. So I think we've talked a little bit about it before, but there's dogs that um, search for people mm-hmm. and live things, and then there's dogs that search for cadavers, and they can mm. tell the difference in scent Different between smells. something that's alive and not. Yeah. Spoopy. Uh, my partner and I had worked together since we were 18 and always searched together. If he gave me a ring at 3 a.m., I knew he'd meet me at the curb so he could load his dogs in my truck and give me a coffee so we could go on another weird night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I work in mid-Missouri where we only have one new FEMA SAR task force. 
Do we know what FEMA Psy is? How do you spell it? FEMA, F-E-M-A. Mm-hmm. These are all, um, sorry, acronyms. Yeah. SAR is search and rescue. FEMA is FEMA. federal emergency mission action. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was believing that. Uh, FEMA. Did you find it? Uh, yeah, but it's not telling me what it stands for, which is weird. Flood emergency map assistance. I don't know. <laughs> I was believing um, you oh, again. Federal Emergency Management Agency. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, there we go. Sorry. <laughs> it was on the side. I was just looking at the, yeah. the search things. My bad. Okay, so we got a lot of calls. I live near the Ozarks in St. Louis, so we got a lot... Uh, so we got some odd ones. I've worked a lot of urban crime scenes and wilderness searches, so my dogs became pretty diversified. Mm. One series of search assignments made me decide to stop working in the field. I still train dogs and sell them to other task forces, and I work as a behaviorist for, um, for an animal shelter now, but I will never work another active search site. Okay, enough background. In 2016, there was a missing person report of someone in the lake of the Ozarks area during the University of Missouri's spring break. We assumed someone got drunk and got lost or, worst case scenario, drowned in an accident. My team and partner were called in to search the area that night and a water recovery team from Illinois came in to search the water. My partner found a live track after a couple of hours and followed it to a dead end where his dog froze and stopped searching. He tagged his location on our shared GPS trackers and I came to his location and my dog queued. Meaning that like did the thing suggesting yes they found something Mm. now my dog's cue on a positive find by lying down and lifting their heads high ruffin the dog i was handling at the Mm -hmm. time lay down and raised his head and started to squirm and whine this is completely out of character for him and i thought he'd been hurt after checking him over and confirming that he was fine i pulled him away from the site i told him to find it and he went straight for the site again and repeated the behavior I lost my nerve and dragged my dog away, not quite sure why he was so upset. Creepy. My partner and the rest of his team examined the area. Two full black trash bags were hanging from the tree limbs above our heads. Mm. Ruffin didn't know how to tell me that the human remains were above. Oh, of course. Not below. So Clever. Clever dog. So dogs are used to usually finding bodies that have been buried or covered up or that kind of thing, but he didn't know how to say. Oh, good on him for being like... This is a slightly it's different a thing, movement. but it's a different thing. Yeah, can you tell? <laughs> uh, two days later, another target went missing. We brought more people and law enforcement officers with us this time. That time, the water recovery team found the remains. Trash bags tied in tree limbs hanging over the lake. Creepy. Four days later, again, found in a campground without our assistance. I was having nightmares. My dogs and I were constantly running drills. I had never handled anything like this before. I was 27 years old and inexperienced. I was afraid that I would mess something up. This was getting so insane. What if I contaminated a crime scene? What if we did something wrong? What if we didn't do our job fast enough and put other people in danger? When the next call came, I was already awake. I met my partner at the curb at 11 p.m. and he loaded his dogs in the truck and gave me my usual coffee. We drove to the site to meet the rest of the search team, business as usual. They searched the area and looked for a live track, and I swept behind with my cadaver dog. We swapped out my dogs every 30 to 60 minutes so they don't get frustrated. Business Mm. as usual. No problem. Everything is fine. We kept an open radio communication. My partner could hear that I was freaked out already. This was above my pay grade. Mm. My dog cued. The body was not in a tree. It was um, half... Here's your viewer discretion. Yeah. Stuffed in a bag under a bunch of sticker bushes and blood was leaking out. Ah. It smelled like copper and honey. 
I could see the glistening of in- entrails like a freshly shot deer that was in the middle of being dressed in the field. Mm. They didn't have time to hang it above the trees. Holy moly. Got a call in through my radio. My partner told me he had a live track and tagged his GPS. He was half a mile from my location deeper in the woods. He told me to come to his location. No. I radio him back. I found the target. He is not following the target. He is following the person who left the target. No. The track is fresh. No. Come back. No. Turn around. I found the target. You are not following the target. My dogs are well-trained, reliable, and quite good at recovering human remains. Unfortunately, I won't work in the field again after my final search and recovery assignment, which I received the next morning. No coffee. (laughs) The end. (laughs) (laughs) Creepy. So (laughs) then there's a comment that says, okay, can someone kindly explain the end for me? I'm not understanding it. The partner was the next victim. Yep. Yeah, the target of the search assignment the following morning. That's the worst. That's creepy. Creepy. And then somebody commented, "I'm just glad all them good boys are okay." Yeah, yeah. Thank goodness nothing happened to the dogs in that story. So there you go. I hope nobody was uh, worried about that story, but we just thought we'd do something extra spooky. Yes, yeah, so spooky. They, Happy Halloween. Halloween. And I believe it's fiction. I don't think that's a real story. That's what they say about no sleep, and I like to believe it. But uh, so many times people comment, and they're just like, yeah, but this happened to me. And you're like, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> My peace of mind tells me Anyways. this is fiction, so that's it. <laughs> and your fiction. And okay. And fiction. Put us on a happy note, Marinie. Uh, let me tell you about a precious fluffy mm-hmm. creature. Mm-hmm. To- what flavor? What flavor? Yeah. It is the Kishon. Does it have quiche in it? No, but that would be a really great like a Halloween costume for a Kishon is dress it up as well, a How quiche. do you spell this? It's K-E-E-S-H-O-N-D. Kishon, I think. K-E-E-S-H-O-N-D. Oh, that's very literal. I was imagining something with a Q. No, no, Kishon. Uh, other names it's is the, the, fluff. the Dutch barge dog. But it's this real it's a it's a medium non sporting dog with a long fluffy coat. Um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and these big pointy ears and this kind of like square head and like snouty. I love a wolfy, spitzy looking dog. You do love a wolfy dog. Uh but it's not. It's a neither of those. It's neither wolfy nor spitzy. Oh no, I totally lied. It came from the the Samoyed, Chow Chow and the Finnish Spitz. I've got Closest relatives are the German spitzes, such as the large spitz, medium spitz, miniature spitz, and dwarf spitz. <laughs> oh, yes. But in spitzes. German, Grobspitz, Mittelspitz, Kleinspitz, Schwarzspitz. Infinitely better in German. Thank you. Uh, yes, of course. Of course you can tell because they have these pointy ears and these uh, very lupine features, but also... What do you mean by lupine? Wolfy. Oh. Yeah, lupine. Is that why his name is Remus Lupin? Yes. Oh, <laughs> Harry Potter learn. fan. You learn every also day. Also Remus, Romulus and Remus. He's literally Wolf Wolf. Well, that's silly now, isn't it? <laughs> Come on, JK. Um, what this Lupin? Yeah. It's a legume also, in case you were wondering. Lupin. Mm, delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you can tell it's, it's a spitzy kind of dog because of it's kind of like small lupine features, but also it's like curly tail. You know, that's cute. Pointy is Kelly tail. Cute. Uh, so it comes from the Arctic. It comes from the Arctic. Yeah, I was like, that's a dumb sentence, but it's not. 
uh, originated from the Arctic origin. The, okay, so that is a dumb sentence, right? Anyway. In say 18- it again, say it again, say it again. The Kishon originated from the Arctic origin. It originated from the Arctic origin. Um, ah, I thought the Arctic origin was a place. No, it's not capitalized. I don't know. Does the Arctic origin mean something? I don't know. You want to look that up for me? Sure. <laughs> Thank you. In the 18th century, the Kishon was known as a dog of the people. It is believed that the Kishon came from a variety of different breeds, such as the ones I said before, Samoya, Chow Chow, Finnish Spitz, Norwegian Elkhound, and Pomeranian. No, Arctic origin is not a place. Okay. <laughs> they it's were used the as guard dogs on riverboats, barges, and farms. Hence their other name, the Dutch barge dog. The Dutch budge dog. Dutch budge dog. <laughs> it is believed that at, the, uh, that at the beginning of the French Revolution, the Kishon became the symbol of the Dutch Patriot political party, which was led by the Patriot Kees de Gieseler. Gieseler? Gieseler. I don't know how to say that. I don't know what you're reading. Uh, Kees de Gieseler is the name of a, the Patriot who oh. led the Dutch Patriot political party, um, who owned a Dutch barge dog named Kees. Or Kish. I don't know. And this gave the breed the name Kishond. Ah, oh, Keys Hound. So maybe it's Keys Hound. Keys Hound. I think. Case Keys Hound. Because it's. All right, you keep going and I'll. K W E S. I'll look up the pronunciation. H O N D. Yeah. So it's this compact little animal which has a strong resemblance to its ancestor, the Samoyed. Or Samoyed. Uh, their eyes are medium-sized and dark in colour. Their ears are erect and set high on the head, which is wolfy, I like to think. What was that? Well, it's a pronunciation video, but it's a bit dramatic, isn't it? Whoa. Just want the pronunciation, guys. Kays Hond. So the Keys Hound or the Kays Hond. Kays Hond. Kays Hond. Kays Hond. Kays Hond. All right. Um, oh, somebody has said it's still not correct. <laughs> yeah, classic. Those Case pronunciation hand. videos are like that. Case hand. Uh, Case hand. The, I'm going to keep calling it Kishond, just like I did with Dachshunds. What did I call them? Dachshunds. Uh, the Kishond's tail is medium in length and is carried over the back, like that kind of spitzy vibe. Uh, medium-sized muzzle that is well proportioned to their head. <laughs> their feet are cat-like, as in they walk on their little yeah, toesies. Yeah, they have little... little, little, little Little, little nubs. Little, little bobbers. <laughs> I just said little like 10 times. Yeah, I like it though. Uh, I'm well-rounded. Well-rounded feet. Well, you don't want to so, square feet. <laughs> well, I imagine something like a like a big dog, like a German Shepherd has kind of more square You don't want a square feet. We don't want triangular feet. Maybe not. Maybe not triangular. Little pin feet. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, their coat is double layered with the outer coat being long, straight and harsh while the undercoat is soft and downy. The coat stands away <laughs> from the as body. a person. Soft and downy on the inside. <laughs> Cute. Lol. Uh, yeah, they come in a mixture of colours. The outer coat is grey with purple. black tips and I wish it was... I just want a purple dog. Is that so One much day. to ask for? Is there anything in... Oh, I was about to ask a dumb question. What? I was about to be like, is there anything in nature that comes naturally purple? But yes, like violets. Of, like flowers and jellyfish and all sorts of things, bugs. Octopi. Although people yeah. tell me I'm wrong about that. That octopi aren't purple? I like to think octopi come in many colours, but apparently... But they they can change colours, so they can change to a, with their little camouflage. That's what I would have thought. Yeah. But everyone was like, no, you're wrong. I don't and know I who like, everyone is, oh, but they're unfortunately, wrong. Unfortunately, as I've Googled purple dogs, I've only seen a lot of dyed. Oof. Boys, so <laughs> controversial. Not what you want. Uh, yeah, the coat is grey with black tips, and the undercoat is very pale grey, 
Cray or cream? <laughs> cray, you know, it gets cray <laughs> under the Cray or cream. Uh, long length. Uh, the female dogs, oh, I'll just say all of the measurements. I don't know why we have to establish between female and male for the podcast. We don't. Uh, so they measure between 40 to 48 centimeters at the withers. Uh, and they weigh between 20 to 25 kilos or 15 to 25 kilos for both male and female. Uh, and they can be prone to things like hip dysplasia, skin problems and heart disease. Um, you kind of regular dog stuff, so just watch out Most for that. Most dogs are. Uh, but they're, they're not big eaters, um, especially considering their high energy and their their need for exercise. But they're, they're known as boisterous and loyal, uh, naturally good with other dogs and children, but they need to be introduced to other animals when they are still puppies. They like to bark and are good watchdogs because of its notable... Oh, watchdogs are tied into the joke. Uh, Brilliant. Doesn't wear a Rolex, uh, though. <laughs> Uh, because of its notable gift for warning danger, warning of danger. They're active dogs and require mental and physical stimulation. If they become bored, they can become destructive and de- develop separation anxiety, which you don't want. Uh, they're super intelligent, eager to learn. Training them is fairly easy and require they require frequent and consistent training. Uh, and they're often successful in obedience and agility trials. Uh, high tendency to bark. They do need to be taken on daily walk. Uh, yeah, quite suitable as a guard dog, but they are still medium, smallish size. Um, but easy, easy to transport, not really very aggressive, um, and pretty compatible with other dogs. It's just this, this coat, this big fluffy coat, uh, it's not actually as difficult as you might think. A daily brushing of the long coat with a stiff bristle brush is important when they're molting. Molting. Other things important while these dogs are molting, vacuum. (laughs) Yep. Much like Melanie. Yeah. No, I molt. I molt a lot. I probably molt more than like a vacuum once a week. But at the moment, I only do a vacuum once a week and it's still hair everywhere. I'm sorry. Do you vacuum? I vacuum once a week. The bathroom specifically. Yeah. Right? I molt a lot of hair. So uh, your Keyshawn will probably do so too. So invest in a good vacuum. (laughs) Do so too so. (laughs) Uh, Remember to brush with the grain first when you are brushing with the stiff bristle brush then lift the hair with a comb against the grain and lay it back in place bathe the dog once every two weeks in the warmer months and warmer months and bathe once a month in the cooler months the dense undercoat will shed twice a year normally in spring and autumn uh so generally yeah brush them twice a week they heavy shed heavy shedding heavy shed heavy shed but they're super cute they're really clever they're just Oh, guys, they're so precious. They're so precious, like tiny wolf, but fluffy. And, oh, I just want to, like, put my face in its fur. Uh, yep. <laughs> That's my tiny rant. Uh, about the Kishand. Woo, Kishand. That's it. Oh, wow. Thank you. <laughs> you normally wind down much more slowly than that. I ended today's on a on a little rant about how I wanted to put my face in them, um, but I also wanted to look up famous Keyshawn or Keyshawns. But every time I say Keish, I just feel like Keish. You know? Yeah, I dig it. Yeah, Couldn't I like, really not like I re- it's not like I really like Keish. It's just that you just keep saying Keish. Keish, 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 Keish. Laquisha, Laquisha. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, that's so it. <laughs> last week we were talking about. Um, how the Polish Lowland sheep dog, dog has 
some i think we were talking about them sometimes having docked tails yeah 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 or quite small tails because of docking and i said oh we should really talk about that one episode this is the episode here we are so it's not really a tip and trick there's a little bit of tips and stuff and info there but i just wanted to have a little 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 chat about it (laughs) that was a burp break which i appreciate because normally i just burp straight into the mic (laughs) so tail docking is the term given to the surgical removal of puppies tails for cosmetic purposes gross so this is not for the purpose of saving them any kind of disorder any kind of accident or um because you've you know, because something has attacked it. None yeah, of that. This people is purely have like cosmetic. Weak kind of reasons why they do it, right? Like, I think one I saw was just like hygiene. They're like, yeah, big heavy tails and yeah, pooping and stuff. But weak. Yeah. I mean, sometimes there are reasons like if a dog's been attacked and the tail is broken sure. because they can break sure. their tails. Um, or if if there's been some kind of disorder or incident. Disease? Or, do tails get diseased? I, don't I know. think if they probably got infected or... Yeah. or damage to a certain extent but traditionally docking is docking is in in terms of cosmetic yeah gross the procedure was usually performed at two to five days of age (gasps) oh Uh, the tail is cut off using a pair of scissors or again a little bit of discretion here uh caused to drop off by occluding the blood supply using a tight rubber band yeah like a like a umbilical umbilical cord cord. (laughs) that silence was me pointing to my belly and gesturing gesturing outwards Uh, yeah, so you literally cut off the blood supply until it falls off. Uh, there are over 70 breeds of dog that traditionally have had their tails cut off a few days after birth. Uh, the reason some breeds are not and not others are doctors simply because of the fashion set for that particular breed. So each breed has an arbitrary standard for where the tail should be cut off. Ew. Uh, so I'm on the RSPCA website. Basically, they're opposed to the cosmetic tail docking of mm. dogs because the procedure is unnecessary and compromises the welfare of dogs. In 2004, tail docking for non-therapeutic reasons was banned across Australia. Nice. Since then, it has been illegal to dock tails dogs, dogs' tails unless <laughs> there is a veterinary medical reason for the operation. Cool. Only qualified veterinarians are permitted to carry out the surgery, whereas before the ban, tail docking could be carried out by anyone classified as an experienced breeder. Yeah. In quotation marks. All previously docked breeds can now compete at dog shows with full tails. So Yay. there's no reason for yeah. you to go, oh, well, I'm entering her in a competition, so she has to have a dog yeah. tail. No. No. They can now have a fully tail um, unless they were born prior to 2004 or have damaged their tail in some way. If they were born prior to 2004, they're now like 16. Yeah. So that dog is unlikely to be going in competition. But right. anyway. Um, unfortunately, there are some veterinarians and breeders who still advocate tail docking for cosmetic purposes. Slightly spooky question. Yeah. Um, no, it do doesn't reckon? grow back if you cut it off. Well, no. <laughs> like a lizard? Yeah. <laughs> um, do you reckon if humans suddenly thought it was really in fashion to just have like four fingers on one hand, that like finger docking would be a thing? Yeah. Producer Zane is definitely nodding his head. Yeah. What do you think like nose jobs and implants and... But like stuff that you would do from a baby from like two to five days old. Uh, what about circumcision? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, wow, humans suck. I mean, uh, not necessarily, I don't want to get into religion even, and politics, but, you know. Even just stuff like piercing ears. Like, some people pierce their children. Like, it's My bizarre. ears were, were pierced at four months old. It's pretty bizarre that, I'm, I'm not against it or anything, but it's pretty bizarre that at some, like, 
I think at like six months or something crazy, you can get your child's ears pierced. You can literally have somebody poke an extra yeah. hole in their ear. In my, and in that's my parents, purely cosmetic. In my parents, well, yeah, that's so true. But in my parents' defense, I think I would have wanted pierced ears. And oh, totally. Oh, true. And I, I don't remember parents. the pain. I, so. I didn't have mine done until I was nine, but I was so excited. Like, um, and that's fine. Like, that's cosmetic. Yeah. But yeah, Humans I think cosmetic absolutely. alterations to the that's babies. Like, did that's you watch that thing. show, um, ah. Full of the Future? Yeah, Full Do you of know, the Future. <laughs> it's not quite the same thing, but uh, they had surmised that by the time 21 21 or whatever had rolled around that everybody had evolved from having five toes and they just had four toes <laughs> like a like a simpsons character or something sure uh, they have oh they only have four four, four yeah ranges. bob's burgers only have four fingers too yeah it's like yeah. a traditional cartoon it's a cartoony thing. thing so they don't have to draw a fifth finger uh random sidetrack yeah, but there yeah. you go so i was thinking like yeah maybe course, yeah. maybe in the future Creepy. we'll be like ew pinky toes are gross we're all just gonna cut them off creepy Ew. Anyway, anyway, don't do it to dogs. They're so innocent and sweet. Basically, <laughs> advocates of tail docking, so people who are for it, claim it doesn't cause pain or discomfort because the nervous system of puppies is not fully developed. Mm. Uh, this is not the case. The basic nervous system of a dog is fully developed at birth, mm. and evidence indicates that puppies have similar sensitivity to pain as adult dogs. Mm. So docking a puppy's tail involves cutting through muscles, tendons, up to seven pairs of highly sensitive nerves, and severing bone and cartilage connections just awful so awful so it's kind of like me being like hey mel come here i'm just gonna cut off your right ear yeah (laughs) here you go (laughs) hope that's okay (laughs) it Uh, looks nice (laughs) it's usually carried out without any anesthesia or analgesia 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 i'm looking at you saying analgesia nice uh, pain relief. Yes. So puppies give repeated intense shrieking vocalizations the moment the tail is cut off and during stitching of the wound, indicating that they experience substantial pain. Uh, inflammation and damage to the tissues can also cause ongoing pain while the wound heals. There's also the risk of infection or other complications associated with this surgery. Um, it can also cause unnecessary and avoidable long-term chronic pain Aww, for the dog. Yeah. So, uh, for example, when a chronic neuroma forms at the amputation site, neuromas are really painful, and that's something that can happen from docking. Yeah. Oh, awful. Uh, the next point that the RSPCA makes is that tails are major communication tools. Yeah. So they serve to critically a critically important role in canine social behavior, um, major communication tool between dogs. The position and movement of a tail can indicate friendliness, a desire to play, submission, a warning signal, among many other things. And, it, you know, diehard listeners will know we've talked about that before. Yeah. So it serves as a protective mechanism for dogs, part of the various strategies employed by dogs to communicate with one another, establish boundaries, and to avert aggressive encounters. It also communicates messages to humans. Of course, well, yeah. We know that when they're excited, we know when they're scared, we know when they're not well because maybe their tag isn't Such a wagging. vital part of dog body language, especially for humans. Yeah. So therefore the tail um, impl- uh, plays an important role in public health and safety. So it can help us make sure they we know they're okay and that everything's going to yeah. be fine. So removing a tail help impairs a dog's ability to communicate properly, leaving them highly vulnerable to being misunderstood by dogs and humans, mm. placing them at a distinct social disadvantage. So that's another reason. Yeah. Um, 
cosmic uh, cosmic cosmetic <laughs> tail docking has been banned in a number of countries, including Sweden, Norway, the Netherlands, Finland, Germany, and Denmark. Several other European countries, including Cyprus, Greece, Luxembourg, Switzerland, and Austria, have also ratified a European convention that prohibits the cosmetic docking of tails. Nice, good job, Europe. Well done, guys. In the United Kingdom, tail docking can only be carried out by a registered veterinary surgeon, and the practice is opposed by the Royal College of Veterinary Surgeons, which describes it as an unacceptable mutilation. Yeah. Uh, you may still see adult dogs with dock tails because the docking may have been performed before the ban was introduced, but you should never buy a puppy with a docked tail. Here's my tip for mm-hmm. this week. If you get a dog from a breeder, make sure they do not dock tails. If you suspect that tail docking is still taking place, please phone your state or territory RSPCA. Mm-hmm. Um, there are also a few breeds such as the stumpy tail cattle dog or the Australian shepherd, which is actually an American breed, uh, which carry a genetic mutation that means some individuals Individuals are born with short, stumpy tails. So that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just double check them and, <laughs> and report them um, immediately. There's another surgical modification as well called ear cropping. Ooh. I don't know if yeah, you've heard of it. I have heard um, of that. It involves the surgical removal of a portion of both ears and is traditionally performed on specific breeds such as boxers, Great Danes, Doberman, Pinches, or Schnauzers. Mm, yeah. So the practice was common in dogs bred for guarding, fighting, and hunting. And the historical reasons for ear cropping are similar for those for tail docking. Owners said they wanted to reduce the incidence of ear injuries and make it harder for their dogs to be caught by the ears in fighting circles, stuff like that. Which is it should not Which be at all necessary. We shouldn't be doing anymore. these days. Yeah. Although a few dogs are used for such purposes now, some breed fanciers argue that cropped ears are part of the historical breed standard. That's bollocks, I say. Yeah, that's not what you want. Others, including RSPCA Australia, regard the practice of ear cropping as unnecessary and detrimental to the welfare of animals concerned. In many countries, including Australia, Belgium, Denmark, Finland, Germany, Netherlands, Norway, Sweden, and the United Kingdom, the practice is banned under prevention of cruelty to animals legislation. Uh, so that's a little bit about that. I know that wasn't a super fun tip or trick this week, uh, but I kind of think it's important to talk about because I really didn't know much about this before. Yeah, no, neither did I. I researched it. So, I mean, a lot of... The, you can read on this article, they have a lot of, like, explanations for why people say that docking is important. Yeah. And while it's relevant, like, um, hygiene, like you said. Yeah. Or that um, prevents tail damage if they're hunting. It's not true, so... Myth busting. Yeah. Don't dock your dog's tail. Bless you. Thank you. I was like, please say something. I'm yeah. about to sneeze. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, so I know that's not a super exciting tip or trick, but that's what I wanted to mention this week because... But kind of falls into like the spooky line because it's just real. severing a, an ear or a, a extremity. Is a tail an extremity? I think so. Is a spooky I don't know. I've never thought about it before. I think so. Producer Zane is nodding. Yes, confirmed. Extremity. I was having this conversation the other day between extremity and another word. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Good story. <laughs> what am I saying? We're still recording. And on okay. that note, <laughs> thanks for listening, you guys. Uh, you can find us online at Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, and Twitter at Floof and Papa Podcast. That's F L O O F P U P P E R. Sometimes with an ampersand. Only on Facebook. Roll the dice. I think. Uh, I don't know. Probably. I think aesthetically, we always have an ampersand. Yeah. I think the words are not. Yeah. That. Well, you can send us an email as well, floofandpapapodcast at gmail.com. That's yeah. all spelt out. No ampersand there. Yeah. 
But there is an at signal, so you know. I don't want to overcomplicate this for you, but send us emails. The way of a day you, you know. Dead. You just got dead. Double dog dare. <laughs> oh, my God. Love. Okay, that's it. Thanks for listening, you guys. Go pet a dog. Give us some love. Give your dog some love. Yeah. Spread love. Woof, woof. Bok, bok, goodbye. Bok, bok. Good. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.